Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to Worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco, and for today's episode, I was fortunate enough to be joined by a very special guest. We got to sit and chat for uh, just over an hour, and you know what? I It was honestly a really great time. I had a lot of fun. So I was joined by CWE wrestler. He's wrestled for PCW as well, WPW. I was joined by the one and only Roy Dragneel. And you know what? We got into many different topics. You know, we talked about him getting into wrestling, uh, his his feud with the Cannon Clan back in 2017. We, I got to hear, and you will soon get to hear about how Roy almost had to retire, almost right into his wrestling career. A few years in, you know, he he was you know stuck with. Uh, you know, some health issues and he gets into that and really dives deep into it. And you know what? We we continue on. Roy is incredibly smart. He's very intelligent and he's got a great mind for wrestling and it really shows when we talk about his progression as a wrestler. So we get into all that so much more on this week's episode of the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, special guest Roy Dragneel. So check it out. So today I have a very special guest. You have seen him weekly on CWE's Adrenaline. I'm joined by the one and only Roy Dragneel. Roy, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. You called yeah. me special, so this is a pretty good start. <laughs> you know, I like to pump your tires as much as I can, so I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you all I can. Oh, thanks. So uh, let's just let's jump right into things today. So, you know, we're in the midst of the pandemic. We Everyone's been dealing with it differently. Um how has it been for you? Except for wrestling, nothing's really changed. Yeah. I like I, I'm 24, but mm-hmm. I don't go out like at all. Mm-hmm. At all. I I don't really care. Uh I didn't I didn't care much for like clubs or or bars or anything. Uh I I guess other than I uh seeing like friends in person nothing's really changed but you know there's there's discord for that so we'll play like Mm -hmm. games online and stuff like that um but yeah it's it's mainly the traveling with with wrestling that's cut because before i was working all over canada and the states Mm and now that's like reduced to once every month in winnipeg yeah well i mean hopefully the way things are progressing it seems like that you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that you guys will be back on the road soon touring so that'll be good yeah especially if you get uh vaccinated so i have my first shot booked for july 5th i think okay nice nice yeah i know uh i've got my second one for the 19th so i'm just stoked to get that done and be able to uh you know live life again and do stuff so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely there's a lot of people who i know are very uh against it for mm-hmm. whatever reason and i'm i'm not saying you have to act like you know it's it's christmas morning when you get it but i mean like there's so many perks to just getting a shot and it's over and done with like the yeah. flu shot like just might as well yeah no exactly 
I mean, this was the first year I did the flu shot. You, you, you don't have to go post it online like a badge of honor. You really don't. You could just get it and life will go on faster. Mm -hmm. Just everyone does their part and then we can all go back to, uh, you know, somewhat of normalcy again. So, yeah, because realistically, it's like other people don't get their vaccine or vaccine, their uh, vaccine. Um, it's not like after a while, it's not really going to affect like my life i'll still be able to go do stuff and mm -hmm. they won't so it's whatever yeah you'll be able to keep going so that's yeah. you gotta look out for number one so absolutely now starting off what was your first exposure to wrestling what do you remember that got you into it uh, i remember around age four uh my cousin and i would just wrestle or whatever and I think he hit me with like a stunner, just just out of nowhere for whatever reason. He just hits me with a stunner, and he mentioned Stone Cold. Like I have no, I have no fucking clue who Stone Cold is. Mm -hmm. Um, so we like watched some, uh, some clips online. But this was before YouTube in 2006. So this is like really grimy, like 190p, uh, Vimo streaming or whatever it was. <laughs> this is this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. But I didn't, I didn't think it was like this like global international sensation or whatever. I just thought mm -hmm. these were like, just like some like Broadway theater or whatever the hell. Yeah. Uh, like on the level of that or whatever. And then 11, cause I didn't really have a lot of like TV or whatever growing up. 11, I found um, SmackDown. It mm -hmm. was... Triple H was on the VIP lounge with like MVP and they have a conversation about MVP making more money and then Triple H beats him up. And then the first match I remember watching live, or I guess it would have been taped because it's still SmackDown, mm -hmm. was uh, Jeff Hardy's beat the clock challenge match that was leading into his uh, first title win at Armageddon 2008. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like around that time, I'd sort of, I'd checked out a little bit, eh? Because I was... That makes a lot of sense. He, I was strong into about 2004, 2005, when uh, right after WWE had come here for Raw and SmackDown shows. Mm. So yeah. it was like right after that, I was done until the the pipe bomb was what brought me back into it, you know? Do you remember a specific reason why you were done? I just lost interest. It That's seemed fair. like it was uh, just you know living life and going out and doing stuff and it would it seemed like that sort of took second fiddle and then you just stop reading as much like the result you stop watching and then it's you know i'd still passively find out what's going on you know like read big show results or wrestlemania results but then yeah it took until the pipe bomb and everyone talking about oh cm punk's going off you know he's He's going off script and i was like okay i gotta check this out and i'm watching i was like oh, this is actually pretty fucking cool so yeah. but did you go to any local shows growing up or was it just watching so, on tv so i didn't know about cwe but they they didn't start to like what year are we right now uh it's 2021 they didn't start to like 2009 mm-hmm um so i didn't really know about them but i did know about pcw okay and antonio scorpio jr was my absolute favorite i loved him to pieces um unfortunately i couldn't really attend much of the shows because most of them were at like dylan o'connor's mm -hmm. 
but uh, Antonio Scorpio Jr. beat Adam Knight for the PCW heavyweight title at their anniversary show on my 15th birthday. So that was pretty rad. Nice. Yeah, I didn't get to see the actual match until like a week later because somebody posted it on uh, YouTube. But the actual mm-hmm. date was on my birthday, so that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, Scorpio, he's one of my favorites to watch in the ring. He's incredibly talented, and he's just so smooth in there. So that's actually he, he, really cool. He also adds something pretty uh, unique. Uh, you, you could say it's a detriment to his work that he's not really like a, like a crowd worker. Mm-hmm. Right, like these pandemic shows wouldn't really hurt him too much because he doesn't really do a lot of crowd pandering. But I've got a beefy black guy who's beating the shit out of people. I don't really need him to like be like, "Hey guys, I'm here. I just want to see him kill people." Mm-hmm. And he just he kicks ass in the ring. You he know? does. Like, he's you know he's not like you watch him and he's stiff, but it's not like he's hurting anyone. He's very, he's, yeah, he's, he's not reckless. No, exactly. That's what I'm looking for. He's very good in the rings. So yeah, very, yeah. Now you've mentioned, you know, some of your memories. Did you have any matches when you were younger that stood out to you that, you know, you really enjoyed back then? Uh, I'll ask you, up, I'll ask you an updated one later. This oh, is just oh no, 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 no. I'm laughing because of how funny this one match is. Um, I love the iron match between Brett and Sean to pieces. Okay. It is my absolute favorite match because Sean is my favorite. He's my boy. And because Brett is, uh, you know, his rival, I fucking hate Brett Hart. <laughs> Can't stand him. Charisma vacuum. Get out of here. I hate him. I hate him. And, um, so I found that match at like age 13 because mm-hmm. Sean had just retired okay. and he was, and he was like my favorite. He was the guy who got me like really into wrestling, made me want to be a wrestler. I guess we'll get to that story later. And uh, so I went back and I like watched all of his stuff. I tried to go as back as uh his debut so i watched a bunch of his awa stuff rocker stuff like against like the brain busters or whatever mm-hmm. my mom comes in and she's like this is, I, I don't even remember this shit when i was a kid how the hell did you find it <laughs> whatever sean michaels <laughs> um so we got up to the ironman match it was like the greatest thing i'd ever seen and it's still my favorite match wholeheartedly yeah. believe it's like still one of the best matches of all time and uh i watched that once a week <laughs> really i do That's i watch that shit. i should watch that shit once a week yeah absolutely that whenever is... i sit down to watch tape like it's it's got to be in there at some point the whole the whole thing entrances and all that's commitment because i don't think i've even watched the full thing i've i saw like the last 10 15 minutes but never i can't sit you don't down think watch. you've watched the whole where's the leave button on this i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm dipping out okay you know what i'll make it a point i'll thank for having me I'll, I'll watch the full thing just so uh so i can do it you know, it's really good, um, especially if um, – have you ever seen Brett's match against Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 8? Yeah, I love that match. It, like the story of like uh, Roddy Piper being like the old guard, Brett being the new guard, and mm-hmm. uh, Piper is not like kind of willing to let it go, and he like resorts to everything. And there's like that great moment where he's got the bell and he like stops and he looks at all the people yeah. who are like booing the shit out of him. And he's like – 
no, if I want to prove that I'm still the man, I got to do this the right way. And then he ditches the bell. And then finally, you know, he succumbs to Brett and then he accepts the fact that his time has passed. Right. Mm -hmm. In this match, there's like that great story of like partway through the match where like Brett kind of stops wrestling a little bit and he starts like resorting to like close fists on Sean. He's like brutally beating him down because he's now in that same spot that Piper was years before. And mm -hmm. he, but the difference is like he doesn't believe he's the old guard he still believes like he like it's now for him so he's not willing to accept that uh you know it's sean's time now and i really like that and that even bleeds over to his match with uh stone cold in mania 13 so that's that's pretty good like <laughs> i say i hate i hate brett but i fucking love his work mm -hmm. like the way you compare it to that i mean it it makes sense with how after that match with sean like you know he had stone cold at uh, survivor series that year and then the following year at wrestlemania they had the rematch so you definitely see the progression there so mm -hmm. so you know favorite matches all that stuff what was it that first got you into uh deciding to be a wrestler the so so i came in december 2008 mm -hmm. and jeff hardy had uh just won the title that was a pretty cool moment mm -hmm. Uh, even not knowing who Jeff was, just the way that they conveyed the story and the emotion, especially on Jeff's face after he won and he like flails around because he just doesn't know what to do with all this energy. He's so happy he won. Mm -hmm. um, and then afterwards, uh, they were doing the angle with Shawn Michaels where he's he's broke and he's like working for JBL. And so he tries to help JBL beat Cena for the title, but it doesn't work out. And then eventually they have their match at No Way Out where if Sean wins, he gets his freedom back, he gets his freedom back. And then he's like, well, what am I going to do for Mania? Well, there is The Undertaker. He's got the streak. And I am Mr. WrestleMania. So I, I was fucking hooked in that shit. And then the mm -hmm. actual match happens, mm -hmm. which is like one of his best matches people will argue it's the best mania match and like i wouldn't call them stupid if they said that mm -hmm. um and like i was all sean uh friends were like all taker it was like this great energy in the room and i remember when it was like done rather than being sad i was like in awe of like the attempt and the story and the match and i was like i gotta fucking do this mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to do. I, I was like, I was wholeheartedly set on, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is what I'm going to do. Like every decision I make from now on is leading up to being in a wrestling ring. So then you decide I'm going to train to be a wrestler. Where did you train at the CWE uh, facility or how did you get started? So it wasn't really much of an academy at the time. It was more so just like if you had trained under a guy who was working there, they would just kind of say Elite Wrestling Academy. Mm -hmm. um, so when I got there at the end of 2013, it was 16, and uh, uh, I, I actually initially found a show at High Neighbor, which was being ran by Wayne Stanton uh, okay. in the dying days of uh, Steel Town Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I'd asked him for 
like for training if you could hook me up and he gave me like a business card or whatever and we're going back and forth on emails and eventually just went under so it's like yeah well i want to get into this now so i looked up just a list of promoters in winnipeg and mm-hmm. one of them was danny duggan for cwe and i was like hey mm-hmm. this name sounds familiar and i just like happened to have added the guy on facebook a few months prior which is how i remember the name so I shot him a message, asked him for training, and he said, yeah, just come down to um, Rookie Sports Park, which was only like four blocks down from where I was living at the time. So I come down, help set up the ring or whatever. Uh, I was really enthusiastic. I was like, can I help? Can I help set up the ring? And Danny's like laughing. He's like, yeah, of course you can. Just get on it. <laughs> um, and uh, because they didn't have like an established trainer, I pretty much was trained by different people uh from week to week within like an hour or so before shows Mm -hmm. until eventually they gave me a uh, they gave me one guy and it was uh, trying to remember his name now Ooh, i can't i can't remember his name off the top of my head um but some guy in Selkirk and I, uh, he was like, yeah, we got a group of four guys. So I go all the way down to, uh, to his house in Selkirk. And then he goes, oh yeah, I guess I should have mentioned you. Uh, everyone else quit today. So (laughs) I can't exactly train you. So you got to go back home now. And I was like, oh, okay, great. (laughs) Uh, and then eventually it switched over to being AJ who now okay. like runs the thing. Uh, and there was a lot of that where I would be told like day of, oh, everyone quit, by the way. You're the only guy left now, so I can't train you now. <laughs> so you got to wait for a while. Holy shit. It seems and like I- a, a lot of like people get amped up for it and then just they you know drop like flies leading up to it. Yeah, and I was the smallest guy. So I was mm-hmm. like, this is so weird. This is so weird to me that it's just mm-hmm. like, because there was, they'd be like soccer players, football players, or even just like big beefy boys, and and they're like, you know, in their early mid twenties, right? One guy I think was as old as like twenty nine, thirty, something like that, and it's like, yeah, you only got left. Everyone quit. This 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 sucks. This is too hard for them. It's like oh, okay, and then j- just when like we had a groove going, uh, that's when AJ got into his life threatening car accident, mm-hmm. which was like which is like really scary or whatever uh, because we didn't know if he, like how well he was going to recover, if he was going to be able to walk properly, wrestle again. And, and thank God it's, he like moves just as well as before. You'd never be able to tell that this guy was like in a hospital bed for God knows how long. Cause he was in a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. So was it disheartening at all when you're constantly you know, getting amped up, like, oh, okay, this is going to be my time to finally get into the ring, finally get to train. You show up, and sorry, it's not going to happen right now. I kind of took it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, I'm the smallest guy, and I'm still here. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, my, my mental fortitude obviously was, like, better than these guys. And, like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, we're bumping in a stiff boxing ring, but, I mean, like, yeah, you kind of come into this sport, like, fully aware that your body's going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. You had no misconceptions when you're getting into it. You knew exactly mm-hmm. what, what you had signed up for, and there was no surprises like that. 
Yeah, if anything, I thought it was going to be worse because I, I thought I was going to, like, have the shit kicked out of me. But uh, even though AJ still, like, instills respect in you and whatnot, he very much so wasn't like, I'm going to chop you until your chest looks like hamburger. Which, if that was the case, I would have fully taken that. Like, mm-hmm. I would I would have been willing. But, yeah, I expected it to be much worse than it was. And then, yeah. Right? And then these guys are like, it sucks. My, my shoulders were stiff. I'm going to leave. <laughs> so you passed through your training, you know. Was there any, uh, any time that you ever doubted yourself in there? Or was it pretty much you're taking your lumps, you're going to push through it no matter what? No, I was going to push through no matter what. It was, yeah. it was, it was really exciting. Uh, like the, the more we got through, the more we did, right. The more I was like, yeah, I think, I think I really got this, like the swing of things. Mm-hmm. And like when it came to kind of the more um, like top rope stuff, Mm-hmm. It was it wasn't really my jam, but like when it was like, yeah, we'll do these strikes or we'll do like, you know, actual wrestling or like just kind of talk about psychology. I was I was super into that. And I was like, yeah, I really think I got like the swing of things for only being here for like a year. Mm-hmm. Now, do you remember your first match at all? And if so, yeah, who was it with? Mm-hmm. And uh, tell me leading up to it, what you're thinking and uh, about the match in general. So, um it was a show for Jay Walker's promotion, NXW, out mm-hmm. in Swan Lake. And um, it was originally supposed to be Leo London. That was okay. going to be my first opponent. Uh, but then AJ thought that uh, Billy Blaze would be a uh, better first opponent. No, Nothing like against Leo. He just thought, like, if, if I'm in there with... Um, uh, a bigger guy who's had more experience that he'll uh, be able to lead me more, which mm-hmm. is perfectly fair. Yeah. So ended up working uh, Billy and the promoter had it booked for me to be a baby face and Billy to be a heel, which makes sense. Cause like heels lead the match. So mm-hmm. for, for uh, someone's first match, that makes sense. Uh, but then it's on a native reserve. So um I guess not really a reserve, but like a very native dominated uh, place. And they're like, I don't think we should book Billy as a heel. They're just going to cheer him. So they swapped and I was the heel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I took a body slam on the floor. Uh, there was this funny thing where Billy was like, I'm going to chop you. I'm going to chop you really hard. Cause, that, Cause that's, you know, what he does. He chops mm-hmm. really hard. And I was like, it was like, yeah, don't hold back. Chop me as hard as you want. And he, he's like, eyes like light up and his ears perk up and he like pops out of his seat. And he's like, did everyone hear that? Because <laughs> now you can't like yell at me when I murder this kid. Mm-hmm. And like, I took it. And honestly, like he, he could have done way worse if he wanted to. But I, I was full on encouraging like, yeah, you know, like beat the shit out of me. I, yeah. I got to be broken into this business. <laughs> You're willing to take your lumps and just get set right into your wrestling career. Yeah, I, I also thought that like, uh, it, it would get me get me over in a sense, and people would kind of take to me that like, okay, yeah, he's 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 gonna at least understand that like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get bruised and get beat up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can respect that he at least isn't like, oh, you know, be be gentle with me. I'm, yeah. Like, yeah, be sti- You know, it'd be rough. I'm not, I'm not asking you to like drop me on my head, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take some chops. 
did you feel that was the case where people in the locker rooms afterwards saw that and they were like, okay, this, this kid's serious about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Bobby Collins, who like hates everybody. He loved me. <laughs> he, he, he loved me because I had a, had a very like great mentality. He was very respectful of everybody. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you've been a fixture for most of the local promotions. Uh, I've, PCW, CWE, you wrestled in WPW. Um, let's talk the CWE tours because you've been a part of quite a few of those. Mm-hmm. Now, what's your mindset going into that? Because, you know, you're leaving your home in Winnipeg for, you know, sometimes up to a couple weeks and you're traveling. How do you get prepared for that? Uh, I pack my bag the night before <laughs> and I head out. <laughs> There's no, you don't have to do anything mentally to get ready to know the the grind that you're in or it's pretty much just like fuck let's go wrestle and put on a good show yeah i'm 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 super into it it's it's like because you feel like you feel like a wrestler especially like in the uh in like the territory days if you've ever like looked at that old nwa champion schedule it's fucking nuts Mm -hmm. so like yeah going from like town to town little sleep right uh, you know, after shows, you can't just immediately uh, go to bed because you got to hit the after party because, you know, it's it's part of like our sponsor deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, you feel like a proper professional wrestler when you're doing that. And it's like, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world. And, you know, you get to wrestle every day. And some people like to, you know, do kind of the same match. I, I like to kind of mix it up or even if like the crowd's kind of going one way i'll, I'll go with them it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun you, you, you know you never and that and the fact that you got like so many like stories or whatever and it's a great chance to make a lot of connections when you're on these tours and you're meeting new people and then like you get over with them at like the after parties or whatever and they're like hey man you know you want you want to come work here sometime like you're really you're a really solid cat we could really use uh someone like you on our roster mm-hmm. I mean, the experience alone, you get to try different things in the ring, like you said, you know, so it's, you're not just doing the same story night in and night out, you know, you can experiment a little bit. Uh, you mentioned opening up doors and it, cause I mean, I was looking at some of your match list and I mean, you have wrestled for other promotions across Canada. So that has to be nice, you know, a good feeling for yourself. Absolutely. I'm going to RCW in August. Okay. And uh, out in Alberta, so that should be a lot of fun. I've never actually worked uh, for Squig, and apparently he he knows who I am and he loves my work, so should be fun. That's all you can ask for, really. So uh, normally on those tours, you know, there's a headliner of sorts, you know, someone that the company's brought in. Do you find that you're able to? Uh, you know, pick their brain a little bit and learn a little bit more from them? Or is it they're kind of off and you don't get that opportunity? Are you are you kidding? You you can learn as much as you want. You honestly think these select these like big names don't love hearing themselves talk? They'll talk okay. as long as you've got questions, man. So that's, that's you, you then you're able to uh, really dive in and, you know, embrace all the information they have to offer. Absolutely. And like, Sometimes we'll get seminars, and I absolutely love these seminars, but I hate that we have to do them here because so many times people are just not willing to do seminars. And it's really like, for example, we had a 
um, Legends of Wrestling show where it was like a convention and a show over the course of two days or whatever. And Danny ended up uh, getting Tully Blanchard to agree to do a seminar. And like, yeah, it's Tully Blanchard, one of the brain busters, four horsemen, absolutely. Like, how much is he asking? 20 bucks. 20 bucks? I'll pay 150 bucks for a seminar with Tully Blanchard. You kidding? Absolutely. I'm down. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, uh, yeah, um, so uh seminar is gonna get canceled because only like four people like paid for it and he needed like a minimum of 10. i was like four people dude tell me like what the difference is i'll pay that <laughs> difference i want this seminar and apparently yeah. Polly was like i don't care if he pays the difference if like four, only four people are showing up this is a waste of my time i'm going home like, yeah. i was i was crushed and i was pissed off mm -hmm. was, was that the convention that was like 2000 17 i think so yeah yeah where it was like quite a few big names in town we had like ricky steamboat we had the brain busters we had heenan yeah 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 okay yeah so no um 2017 i mean you had a big feud with the uh with the canon clan yeah so I was, I was wondering if you could tell the listeners a little bit about that what was involved and how it all came to be so at the time, I was in a tag team with uh, Sweet Daddy Soul, who was Jeremy Joseph at the time. And he, at our Comic-Con show in 2016, he uh, he really badly, like, messed up his shoulder off of a uh, springboard uh, leg drop. Because mm -hmm. I guess he, like, reached with his arm and overextended, so his, like, hand hit the mat before his, like, leg and ass did. So I was kind of by myself, um, and they needed someone to work with the Cannon Clan, which uh, had like some, they weren't full-blown racist, but they had some racial undertones, right? They had like the Confederate flag, mm -hmm. uh, seemed to love to attack black people, like Mr. Oh. Incredible and uh, Blake Broadway. Okay. Uh but right it was like always with the intent of you know the um the uh, discriminated and colored would you know always come out on top right okay. which is like it's a very it's a very tricky story to book because you can't be tasteless but at the same time it's still like a a good powerful message that like yeah you know we'll have some questionable people uh in the world but like you know well, We'll overcome that right mm -hmm. uh and this was also around the time i think where those uh riots are happening in baltimore some okay. something around that or like maybe a little bit afterwards so they had me work with them which was weird because i was like just some punk ass white kid but they were like well you know your tag team partner was black so we can work off of that uh so like my whole gripe was like uh basically like you guys kind of make me like embarrassed to be white like it's because of you know people like you that i have to look at my my brother jeremy joseph as black i can't just see him as like just a regular person i have to look at him as black because if i don't then i'm ignoring like his his struggles and his story and that'd be very like ignorant of me mm -hmm. and whatnot um so we do this we do this feud um i end up costing canon the uh, the Super J Cup tournament, like the Super Jobber Cup. 
Okay. Where it's like a it's like a tournament where if you lose you advance and then like if you lose all three rounds you get the title of super jobber and <laughs> you don't you don't get to come out with music anymore. So so I made him the super jobber. So you're like, all right, motherfucker, we're gonna get you back on this. And then uh, Danny Danny sends me a message uh, asking me, hey, have you ever cut your hair? No, I. You wanna? I was like, oh, oh, what are we doing with this? So had a match with Cannon and it looked mm-hmm. like I was about to win. And then the rest of his team hits the ring, which was in total Kevin Cannon, Bobby Collins, Rob Stardom, and Jacob Creed. So they beat me down, pin me down. They get this uh they get like the razors. They're gonna they're gonna shave my head. Mm-hmm. And my mother, who we'd kind of sort of incorporated into my character because people knew who she was and she'd always kind of like dress up and people would like cat collar and miss letter right we, we almost kind of made her like part of my character um so like she hits the ring to try to stop them from shaving my head and rob stardom picks her up slams her down and chokes her out as they shave my head holy shit so like if you if you ever if you like find the clip it's like this this like really really great segment it's mm-hmm. it's like one of my favorite things i've ever done because mm-hmm. you've got like the crowd who's super into it you have this you have her bolted down people are like oh shit like is, is this is a work is this a shoot what are we doing right the fact that he actually like slams her down and she doesn't know how to like take a bump so it, yeah. it's a shoot like takedown and like chokes her out and i have this like blood curling scream like telling them to get off of her or whatever as they're shaving my head and it was like people were super into it like a lot of times it's hard to get people to really care at rookies unless they have mm-hmm. like some fear in them yeah but like that that whole thing was like deafening the energy was amazing and then like every time we would do something after that until we like wrapped up with the story People were going crazy for this, like raucous ovations, fucking drowning Kevin out. Sometimes you could barely hear him speak when he was cutting promos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, so, and then a funny story for the end of the night. Uh, they they gave me a skullet. <laughs> so, and we had an after party at the Spike. So mm-hmm. I put my I, I put my Chicago Blackhawks toque on, and I go down there, and Chevy and I think it'd be hilarious uh to kind of have some fun with this so we hit the dance floor and we make our way to the center and like dan and uh, chevy like knocks my toque off on purpose which we like planned beforehand so then people are just like kind of like you know grinding bumping against each other they turn around there's this guy going crazy <laughs> with the skullet and they're like fucking freaking out and they're like moving away. it was hilarious mm-hmm. and then uh i'd also made a tinder account around the skullet i had like a suit on that was like a size too small. I I took a picture of me looking down so I could put a picture on the account of me looking up at me looking down. Nicely done. Just a bunch. I got like 12 super likes on that <laughs> shit. You know what? It's always nice when an angle like that can generate as much uh, attention and heat as, you know, especially for a local promotion. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, sometimes it can be very by the books, but, you know, to be able to garner that kind of reaction and have the crowd invested that much, it's always, it 
definitely says something about everyone involved and, you know, even the people putting it on. So. Absolutely. I also got to be really like over with a lot of the boys more so because uh, they didn't expect that I'd be willing to like shave my head, but I didn't even like think it over. I just immediately told Danny, yeah, let's fucking do this. This is awesome. <laughs> this, angle, this angle's way too good. I don't care about my hair anymore. Like This angle's way too good. Mm-hmm. So you've done, you know, singles wrestling, you've done tag team. Do you have, do you have a preference for when you're in the ring or is it just you take it as it comes? Um, a little bit of both. Like I, I, greatly appreciate tag team wrestling but uh i i do prefer singles wrestling mm-hmm. uh you can just be a lot more uh focused with singles wrestling i find mm-hmm. uh but i mean tag team wrestling it's it can still be more dynamic because you got like more parties involved you can mesh more styles and stuff like that but you can definitely be more focused in singles mm-hmm. uh so- Oh, well, sorry. no, I was going to say, because, I mean, for a little bit, you teamed with Leo London. Who, I had like two matches. A few matches. But needless to say, you know, uh, I know Leo spoke, he's spoke very highly of you in the past when I've talked mm-hmm. to him. And I mean, what was it, what was it like when you were teaming with him? Uh, so we did, we did two matches together. Mm-hmm. Uh the announcer for PCW is Kid Jericho is having his 10th birthday. So he put on a show for his 10th birthday. And uh, we did the thing where it was like, I had a singles match, he had a singles match, and then the two parties, or like, I guess all the parties involved from those two singles matches had a tag match in the main event. Okay. So, so uh, I beat Jay Walker. By the way, asshole, if you're listening, like, I'm undefeated against you. Where's my, where's my Canadian title shot? <laughs> And you know what? I will tag him in this afterwards when it gets posted, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna queue up this next feud for PCW just via the podcast. So that's what we're gonna look for. I, 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 his social media game, by the way, is incredible. I, I've I, I like I struggle to do social media because I just don't care for it personally. But mm-hmm. like, I I really gotta like get on that for like business reasons. You, I mean, you have posted some stuff. It's just Jay is on another level when it comes to social media presence. I mean, I mean, even just like compared to some other guys, like I think I post maybe like once every four months. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's still more than some people. So I guess so. I still, still got to bump on that. And then uh, and then Leo had uh, wrestled Bobby Shank, and then we worked a tag team match uh, in the main. And it was we did this cool spot where. Uh, um, Shink had me on his shoulders in the fireman's and then he had uh, Leo in like the uh, the swing, like the Cesaro swing, and he just span around. So he gives he gives him the swing and me the airplane spin. So that was a really fun spot. Oh, nice. <clears throat> yes, that was really cool. And then the other time we teamed in like some random uh, secluded town in Regina. And um it was us against Merle Graves and Ella Blake. And like, I'm not a sexist. I'll hit a woman. They can defend themselves and kick me in the dick just as well as a guy can. So give her the pile drivers and everything. There was two guys ringside uh, that were wearing like a Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins shirt. Mm-hmm. And I made fun of them. I was like, I bet you guys don't even know who Tyler Black and John Moxley are. And they kind of look at each other really confused and look back and like, 
yeah and what of it and we just fucking died laughing we are we will touch back on tag team wrestling because i know you and tyler james have been teaming lately but i did want to touch on because you had mentioned previously in 2018 you had some medical troubles yes and i was i wanted to you know give you the chance to talk about that because i think it's it's very important especially as it pertains to your career Mm -hmm. so uh the canon feud that we talked about earlier uh we ended up because it ties in we ended up doing this like gauntlet where i had to beat them like one by one to get my hands on canon so first i'd be uh collins then i'd be um creed then i beat stardom then i got my hands on uh canon in a no holds like in a no holds barred match and originally i was supposed to go over in that but then we were having ron simmons uh come down so we thought what we would do instead was we'd have my mom turn heel on me which mm-hmm. would cost me the match uh which is still like a piece of like storytelling you don't really get but i, I guess he just needed uh, a reason for me to lose that way we could uh do the uh, eight-man tag match at like the big show at Essence with like uh, Ron Simmons in our corner, and then we'd end up like burning the flag or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So if I if I win here, I kind of you know I already get my revenge. So why would I be in this match? Yeah. Um, right. So we do all of that, and then this leads into about March of 2018 is when we do the the No Holds Barred match. And I was supposed to be on the tour with Ron Simmons in May. Uh, but then in April, when I was working, um, I feel like really like fatigued and lightheaded and like it'd be a real struggle to get through matches. Uh, and I wasn't sure why. I did know um, that like, for whatever reason, I couldn't hold food down. Mm-hmm. Like, if I tried to eat or drink, my body would just reject it. And if I, like, was able to force it down, I'd, like, immediately throw it back up. Uh, so I figured it was just that, and I wasn't sure why that was happening. Um, so then, eventually, I just, I couldn't move around. I could barely, like, walk up the stairs. Uh, I could barely stay awake for more than two hours. I was like, I... I needed to go to the hospital. I have no clue what's wrong with me. Um, and they told, uh, right. And at this point, like, it's so bad that the only way I was keeping hydrated was like dabbing water on my lips. Mm-hmm. And that only gets you so far. Yeah. So I went to the hospital and they had told me like, yeah, if you'd wait another 24, 48 hours, uh, your kidneys would have started to fail. and You probably would have been found in like critical condition or whatever. So I was like, well, that's a good thing I came then. Mm-hmm. And then they had me hooked up to a bunch of stuff, right? IV, whatever. And uh, my heart rate's like really sporadic. Like it, it'll go all over the place. And like, this is really weird. So they they do some, they do some tests or whatever, x-ray, a few other scans, whatever. Uh, my heart, had been slightly enlarged and deformed and they weren't sure uh what caused that they think it might have been like a almost like a one two kind of thing where like i may have gotten something that like 
messed with uh, my immune system, which caused like the not wanting to eat part. Mm-hmm. And then that on top of like some stress probably led to me being susceptible to something else, which affected my heart. So I, I'm sitting here panicking now. Cause I'm like, do, do I just die now? Do I need like a heart transplant? Like yeah. what, the, what the fuck happens now? And, uh, so they, they give me some medication and I, I tell, I asked the doctor, I was like straight up. Okay. So like, what's the chances this gets fixed? And he goes, the deformity might go down, but I, I think it might just kind of stay enlarged and we'll have to monitor it from there. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So if, if my, if my like progress remains steady, um, mm-hmm. what are the chances you think I can wrestle again? And he kind of like looks over his glasses and he's like, I, I don't think you understand. Like you can't do any physical contact. Wrestling mm-hmm. done for you, kid. So I was like destroyed because I was like, well, I wrestled a whole like two and a half years and we're done. Yeah. So I had to be pulled uh, from the tour and just kind of stay at home. And they gave me all kinds of medication. They gave me like a certain diet plan. They gave me a physio and like a place to go down get checked up on every now and then they'd kind of change my physio routine uh, as needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like, this is like the only time in my life that I've ever been like actually depressed. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, like I kind of just don't have a life now. And right. And like, I, I felt like losing out. Cause I was, I like, we had gotten Ron Simmons from the airport when he had came about a month prior to the tour show mm-hmm. and I was like super tight with Ron Simmons. He fucking loved me. So I was like destroyed that I couldn't make that connection with him. I couldn't wrestle in front of him. Yeah. And then like, just can't like possibly can't wrestle like at all, but I took it super seriously and I was like, no, I'm going to wrestle again. I'm going to wrestle again. I have to wrestle again. If I can't wrestle again, like I don't, I don't know what I do. I, like, Cause a lot of people kind of like go through like identity crisis when like they kind of leave high school or whatever, even like in high school. But I never had that. Cause I always knew like who I was and what I was going to do. But mm-hmm. if I don't have wrestling, like I don't know what the fuck else I have. Yeah. So uh, I work super hard uh, for this. I'm like taking all these medications. I'm doing nothing but physio. Like, I'll do like two hours of physio, like rest for an hour, two hours of physio rest for an hour. Cause I'm like super dedicated to this. And I want, I had asked Nanny if I could still wrestle the uh, Winnipeg show on the tour mm-hmm. because I wanted to do the eight man tag. And I was like, even if I can't wrestle again, if I can just get that, so I made a post um, talking about me being sick or whatever and was like, so if this is my last match, like, thank you and everything. The people in the match, though, they got very concerned because they had known about it. And they were like, oh, we don't feel comfortable working him in case something happens. Yeah. So I was taken out of that match. And instead, I worked 
a match with uh, Furpo on the pre-show. And Danny was like, uh, I basically just want you to beat the shit out of Furpo. Just, just be a heel. And I was like really confused because I was so over as like a you know, baby face and I was just coming off this really hot story. And I was like, well, I mean, I probably won't even wrestle again, so whatever. So I beat the shit out of Furpo and people were just like booing because he wanted me to be a heel. So I did my yeah. best to like get people to hate me. And also like this is in essence instead of rookies. So there may be like a lot of people who don't even really know that uh, rookie story. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, last match was against Furpo. And all I did was beat the shit out of him until I got disqualified for kicking too much ass. <laughs> And then, so then, like, you know, a lot of a lot of people like are hugging me. They're patting me on the back, right? They didn't make like a huge stink of it, but they're like, "Yeah, it sucks, kid." Week later, I go to the doctors and uh, I do more uh, tests, and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what?" And he's like, "And he's like, okay, I got, I got like no." explanation for you other than it's a it's a fucking miracle like your heart's fine it, it well the shape was fine like it wasn't deformed anymore and uh it had gone down in size but it was still like weak like we like we did a stress test and it was still weak yeah so he was like so i don't know if it like might flare up again and come back or might go away but like this is the very least is a good sign and the very least is a good sign. So like I had to keep going back and doing tests every other month. And the last one I did was like an MRI in November of 2019. And after that, they were like, yeah, you, like it hasn't come back or whatever. Like you're fine now. Like mm-hmm. we don't need to, we don't need to do tests anymore. You're perfectly fine. And, like, to really convey how, like, weak I was, um, which I guess we can use this to segue into another topic that you had that you wanted to talk about. Uh, In August of 2018, I believe it was, I went down with Danny for um, uh, Mid-South show for Golden Boy Greg Anthony. IWA Mid-South. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, um, so I had slept maybe eight or 10 hours before we left we get in the car and it's probably like a 16 18 hour drive there probably around 21 hours with stopping but instead of going right straight to uh tennessee for greg anthony's promotion uh we went to missouri to stay with kld for the night i slept maybe 17 hours then we get there we say hi i'm up for maybe an hour then I sleep for like another six, seven, eight hours. Then I wake up for maybe another two hours, sleep for another five, up for like another one, two, I sleep for another eight, nine. Then we get up, drive on over to uh, uh, Tennessee for Greg Anthony's show, sleep for maybe like an hour and a half, wake up, uh, you know, put my mash together, uh, worked the true Trent Ware. This guy's fucking nuts. Loved working with him. We had a really good match. Like, there was no signs of, like, my work being slow or anything. I didn't, like, really struggle to get through it. 
mm-hmm. and um just to put him over remember that uh over the castle neck breaker thing that jtg would do where he'd like kind of flip over like he'd be on the top rope and he'd flip over the guy and catch him with like a neck breaker yeah as he flipped over him yeah this guy just did that from a standing position he just jumps right over me and like yeah i'm a little bit of a smaller guy for wrestling but i'm still five foot nine and a half and he just like clears me completely mm-hmm. so like it's fucking crazy um get in the car go back to the hotel sleep for like eight hours wake up danny's not there uh, about half an hour later go back to sleep for like maybe another four hours wake up go to the show i ended up working their um unified heavyweight champion they uh Dale wild he he's really good a classic classic tennessee stuff to the like the point where like he'd, he'd get me in a headlock he'd turn his back to the ref he'd hit me with a punch and people would act like he just stomped on my kid or something right then i'd get him in the headlock turn my back to the ref hit him with a punch and people are losing their shit like i just did a 450 splash so this is great <laughs> and then right and then danny's like yeah we're not gonna stay the night at the hotel we're just gonna go back and i probably slept like another 17 hours home mm-hmm. so even though I was there for like three days, it felt like I was there for like five hours. No kidding with how much you were sleeping. Yeah. If, if I, if I was stationary for like any longer than 20 minutes, I just immediately pass out. Mm-hmm. How long. Yeah. Like, well, cause you know, I had talked or had mentioned, you know, that, you know, I saw you had wrestled for IWA mid South uh, in 2020. And uh, I was wondering if you could, you know, talk about how that came to be, because I mean, it's a, a pretty well-known promotion down there. And I mean, they do quite a few shows and I, it's, there's, there's quite a bit uh, to them. And I was, how did this come out? Uh, Danny was like, Hey kid, I got a spot in the car. You want to come? <laughs> that's, about, <laughs> that's about it. That's about it. Just, that's how I, that's how I've gotten all my bookings in the States so far. Just like, Hey kid, I got a spot in the car. You want to come? Yeah, sure. I mean, you can't pass that up. I, just the experience alone, and I mean, wrestling in different states, not just provinces. You know, mm, especially uh, especially when you realize how like segmented the states are in terms of what they like, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, turn my back on the ref and give him a punch in the headlock, and people are going nuts. Can't do that in like fucking uh, North Dakota or Minnesota or anything. They'll be like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's whatever. Well, you know, that's a perfect, you know, you know, segue to the next topic, because I, I want to talk to you about your progression as a wrestler, mm. because, I mean, I saw you, I think, maybe a year into your career um, wrestling in PCW and then watching you on episode three of Adrenaline, you can see how far you've come and, you know, the improvements you've made, not that you were bad before, but just how much you've developed over the years. Mm. So it's, it's incredibly noticeable in the ring. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. I love breaking stuff down, but at the same time being very open-minded and fluid about things. So typically you're, you're taught to uh, work the four step match, right? Uh, you know, you shine, he come back, finish. Some people might even break it down, uh, more than that, where it's like the shine, the cutoff, the heat, a hope spot, you know, your comeback, falsy, finish, whatever. Um, 
but a lot of a lot of people are very very robotic and or just kind of fall into the groove of just doing that exact thing mm-hmm. to a team where it's like well i'm the baby face so now i'm gonna get my shine in for two minutes uninterrupted oh, i'm the heel so now it's time for my five minute heat uninterrupted now i'm the baby face it's time for my three minute comeback uninterrupted and then we'll trade a false ear two and go home mm-hmm. man does that ever bore people <laughs> Uh, does that ever bore people like his like if you ever watch like a ufc fight like you can you can almost kind of break it down to that four-step match scenario in a way um because you can have like say someone dominate the first round or two but it still feels very back and forth and then like Mm -hmm. you know you kind of think he's got it one but then the other guy will kind of like make a comeback because now the other guy is gassed and he'll kind of dominate the next two rounds. And then in the end, they'll be like fucking throwing punches. And it's like, Oh, whichever one of us drops first, uh, you know, fucking loses, I guess. Yeah. Right. But you still kind of almost have that same, same structure in a way, not that they work it, but I mean, it just kind of happens that way sometimes. Definitely. Um, and I feel like a lot of times people will look at the shine. as just, well, this is just the baby faces part of the match and the heat, heat this is just the heels part of the match but i wholeheartedly disagree I wholeheartedly disagree i don't think the shine is the baby faces um part to get over i think it's the time to get both guys over this is where you really want to establish uh both guys so i think almost kind of like how in the heat you'll have the uh the baby face hit a hope spot or two like in the shine, there's no reason for the heel to like hit his own stuff every now and then, mm-hmm. especially because uh, if the heel can get on can get on top in like the shine, but the babyface can quickly take over and like hit some more cool shit, that kind of really makes the cutoff spot where he finally resorts to cheating mean that much more, mm-hmm. because the heel shouldn't really be portrayed as a bumbling idiot. He's He's a professional fucking wrestler. You should be treated as like an actual athlete. Yeah. But the baby face just happens to be the better wrestler. And, you know, the heel's like, well, you know, I don't, I don't mind breaking the rules. You know, if I, if I win, I get the, the winner's purse, which mm-hmm. nobody brings up anymore. And uh, it makes me sad. Hey. This is all about money and titles. God damn it. Jim Whether Ross. You're a baby face or a heel. Jim Ross still brings that up weekly on because it's true this is if if i'm a baby face i want money and you don't have to like and i know like wanting money is seen as like a heelish thing but like i want money for my family and i want the championship for my legacy that's not a heelish thing at all no like fuck right and then like in the heat they'll have like maybe one hope spot like a minute or two before they go home I really like having, depending on how your match is, like two or three meaty hope spots. But like the key thing is each hope spot, the baby face does like a little less, like each time he does a little less because then you simulate the fact that this match is back and forth. It feels like a, like a real fight, a real contest, a real struggle back mm-hmm. and forth. But because he's doing less like each and every hope spot, it builds up that drama and emotion, which is really what the heat is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be just the heels time to work some holds and 
get some you know slams in or whatever and scowl at the crowd that's the time we want to build the emotion and the drama and take the story that we established in the shine and really kind of marinate it for like the finish definitely so it's right and then you don't even have to just stay to a four-step match sometimes you don't need a shine sometimes a shine just doesn't fit and uh when i look at how i structure my matches i don't really look at like i don't first look at the time we have or whatever i ask my opponent if i don't already know him like what's your character and then i try to structure the match around how these two characters would interact because i like my matches to be different different and like not just like different from everyone else but like structured differently every time Mm -hmm. right because if you watch say um if you watch say like the young bucks or something you can expect like kind of the same match every time and it works for them it it does right especially in front of an audience it works for them but i kind of like that mystery of like what kind of match are we going to get from like you know drag wheel now and i almost like it to be like a good plot twist in a way because if like a really good uh, plot twist in literature or media or whatever would be like described as you don't see it coming but then when you look back at the story and you kind of go through it you realize this couldn't have happened any other way and i like my matches to be like that where it's like okay now we have you know we have dragneel uh versus david london i wonder how this match is going to go and then like you know after we do the match people kind of go like yeah there's really no other way that match could have gone like that Mm -hmm. that was perfectly put together that was perfectly structured um one of the uh uh, upcoming episodes, I got a match with uh, Jude Dawkins for the HIW championship, and uh, definitely some interesting stuff that uh, we've done there. And especially now with like adrenaline, because we we were aiming for three matches on each of these shows, which are about half an hour without commercials or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's you can't really like if you're given four minutes you can't really do a basic four-step match in four minutes it just doesn't work it's it's too sloppy it's too unfocused you're not really working on any sort of one particular story you really kind of got to change it up and like you know throw some spice on there you know some turns or whatever you know flip stuff on its head Mm -hmm. so i i'm excited to see the boys kind of learn how to uh adapt to this mm-hmm. and also to look at guys like danny aj mentalo chevy who you know are already masters at this kind of stuff and kind of learn from them like okay so this is kind of how they structure things uh differently for the different times they're given the different stories they work different people they work and st- stuff like that and like you know sure i'll think of different in an innovative like spots or moves every now and then but moves don't matter they they really don't they're they're a vehicle to the story i care much more about how things are structured and what happens in between the moves like Shawn michaels versus rick flair wrestlemania 24 right i'm sorry i'm love you right what part of that story does it matter that he hits him with a super kick it doesn't it just happens to be his finish if his finish was a power bomb does that change no no it doesn't 
if his finish was still the teardrop suplex from 92 does that change <laughs> no no it doesn't right just so long as it's not like a, i guess like a submission or like a really long move like a 619 if it's just something that you can quickly do right yeah it doesn't change that story the story is the same the emotions the same the impacts the same it just happened to be a super kick mm-hmm. the it's so important the emotion and storytelling i think sometimes it gets overlooked you can have a five-star match and if there's no story i don't give a shit it is so important to have that in wrestling to have that connection with the audience so that they're invested with what you're presenting to them Mm -hmm. so you've mentioned adrenaline it's weekly on shaw they cwe puts the uh, episodes up on youtube and that's usually how i watch them episode three was the last one i saw i'm a few weeks behind after this airs but on that episode you and your new group the degenerates you and tyler james teamed up um first off i will say the elbow drop you dished out was one of the smoothest ones i think i've ever seen it was just fluid looked great but let's uh, let's talk about the degenerates Mm -hmm. so yeah uh that was a group that we had formed in 2018 uh i think it was the first thing i did after i came back from uh the heart problem and uh Danny was like, yeah, I don't really have, uh, I, I need heels. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn you heel. And I, you know, we had like a pretty good story where it was like, uh, I was out sick and could have potentially died. Could have potentially, you know, not wrestled ever again. Nobody cared. You guys all booed me. Right. And like, that was, it was like, it's a pretty interesting um, story to go with because one of the favorite my favorite things about wrestling is kind of new age kayfabe if that's the way to call it where like people know it's a work but that's how you can work them is the fact that like sometimes right you can mesh reality with uh, wrestling and it's like it's really hard right and like when you, you hear me talk with that all that emotion that anger inside like where does you know Dylan Gene Cola stop and Roy Dragneel start. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, yeah, it's very reasonable for me to be like mad at people who are going to boo me and not give a fuck that, like, I'm back after this realistically, like, career possibly ending injury or whatever, I guess, illness. So we had done the show at the Palomino Club. And Mike Mission was wrestling Big uh, Big Cliff Corleone, which, by the way, uh, shout-outs to Big Cliff for uh, fighting off uh, pneumonia in both lungs, who, you know, he's immuno, uh, immunocompromised because he okay. has leukemia. So they had to put him in a medically-induced coma, and he's out. He's perfectly fine now. So shout-outs to him. He's, he's, a, he's an amazing person. I love the shit out of him. Oh, definitely glad that he's all right. That's fucking nuts. Absolutely. And uh, there's been a couple of wrestlers, actually, that were in medically induced comas. Uh, Marky Mark out in Alberta was put in one for COVID. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's doing fine now, though. That's good. And um, so the idea was for me to come out and hit uh, Cliff with a chair and then help Mike Mission win uh, the title. 
the show is outside on like the patio at the Palomino Club. The moment I clock him with this chair, starts pouring rain. And I was like, this is like really poetically beautiful. Like the mm -hmm. moment I turn heel, it starts raining like immediately. I like, this is, this is perfect. You couldn't book that shit any better. Yeah. We did have to tear down the ring and set it back up inside, <laughs> but like I got my cool moment. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's the kind you of know? thing you you want to be able to see, like you know, if you're watching, you know, weekly wrestling, you know, you have that on your TV screen, you know. Mm -hmm. Guy gets clocked to the chair, downpour starts, you know, like that's good TV right there. Yeah, right? Lo looking down at him, right, hair's all wet from like it raining. It's like this really sad moment or whatever. Fucking missions, like yeah, I'm the fucking champion now. <laughs> Uh, and then afterwards, we had uh, recruited, recruited uh, Tyler James' uh, faction. And um, we've had some ups and downs as, like, a team. I felt like sometimes we've had some really good stuff. Sometimes we've had some repetitive stuff. But, like, we've really kind of reinvented ourselves on adrenaline and really brought up uh, the presentation. And I think what I like the most is um, – we don't look like a bunch of really chummy like friends mm -hmm. we really do look like just three individuals who are coming together especially because we all have like uh different gear and we all have different looks and we all work different styles so it's a very it's a very interesting dynamic mm -hmm. between the three of us no, I mean, definitely. But sometimes it's things like that that can really uh, make a group distinguished, you know, not having the uniform gear, not having the uh, same sort of uh, mindset with everyone. You have those mm. different pieces all combined, you know, the different variety. And it, it, sometimes it really makes it stand out. Yeah, we kind of we kind of look to um, the uh, the movie The Warriors for some inspiration, okay. on, like the, the presentation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Nice. Now... CWE just had a uh, iPay-per-view. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when this airs, it'll be a few weeks ago. July 17th, there's another yes. one coming up. Let's talk about yeah. that. There's in, there is another one coming up. Uh, the card isn't super clear yet, but we do have the Elite Eight tournament, mm -hmm. uh, which is, which is kind of like our King of the Ring, I guess. But, I mean, you know, like eight, eight of our best guys – Going in there, tearing it up for, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the trophy, but it's like a really beautiful trophy. Nice. I'll have to check this out then. Yeah. So, so, I, so are, like, are now you in the tournament? Sorry. Uh, so far, announced for it, we have uh, Sean Martins. Okay. We have Tyler James. And I think there's one other guy we got here uh mentalo okay mentalo is also in it uh mentalo is one of the four so could potentially be the two uh first two-time winner mm -hmm. uh, but we do have some other qualifying matches and then other people who are just kind of um i guess in talks for it so uh i know both myself and jude dawkins are being heavily considered uh, for the tournament. So I think uh, our match for the uh, HIW championship will 
probably make things clear on you know which one of us or maybe even both of us or maybe none of us whatever uh get, gets into that tournament and we'll see how that goes oh definitely well i mean hopefully you'll be in it i mean tyler's gonna need some help not you know degenerates will have to try to you never know though we help. could we could end up you know having to fight uh, round one degenerates could explode i mean i'm just throwing it out there no not trying to wish anything but uh, nah, i mean we, we fight for fun man you know it's like <laughs> just brawl right you gotta you know iron iron you know sharpens iron so you know on on the streets when we're when we're not wrestling we're just dicking around yeah you know sometimes we'll just fucking start scrapping why not <laughs> got, gotta gotta train for the ring somehow You've shared the ring with some incredibly talented performers. Is Do you have any matches that stand out to you as uh, some of your favorites that you've been a part of or just any any other moments besides the ones that we've uh, we've talked about? My first match for the CW Championship against Outlaw Adam Knight. You've heard about him so much. I don't know why he hasn't been on the show yet. <laughs> I think uh, I'll have to extend that invite and get him on because everyone talks incredibly high of him, and I know he's uh, one of the, you know almost one of the pillars of Winnipeg wrestling. Mm -hmm. He he's probably like if I had to assign like the role of quote unquote the Undertaker of our locker room to someone, it would probably be Adam Knight. Mm -hmm. It'd probably be Adam Knight, and like he's a really like we don't really have a lot of uh like hosses but like he, he's a brick shit house like he's mm -hmm. fucking massive he, he can work I, I love working with him especially because like he's he's definitely snug he's not reckless but like man you can, you're gonna know that you got hit with that fucking lariat yeah so we had worked a match for the cw championship in october of 2018 and rookies and uh we had, we had a pretty good match. It's probably my best match up to that point. And um, the the uh, Busaku knee that I use as uh, a finish, I'm, I'm sure you saw me uh, win with that on uh, episode three after mm -hmm. Tyler James hit the code breaker. Uh, I, uh, when I when I had first done it, I had gone to the back and Adam Knight just like immediately grabbed my shoulder and he goes, yeah, that's your finish. That looks great, kid. <laughs> he walks off and I was like, yeah, well, I mean, that was the idea, but now it's like, yeah, that's, that's my finish. Yeah, now, now um, you're stuck with it. Yeah, yeah, now, now I'm stuck with it. Absolutely. It was, it was my idea to like use it as a finish. Now that I got out of my back again, I was like, okay, yeah, okay, that's, that's the green light. If he had told me like, that, that was shit, don't ever do that again, I would have been like, well, we're looking for another move, I guess. <laughs> um, so he'd worked the match and... Uh, I was like, I want, I want to hit you with the, the knee to like, give me a false. Cause I was like, I, I know no one's going to um, buy me beating you. But like, if I hit you with that knee, uh, you know, maybe people like might for like a split second be like, oh, maybe. Cause it'd been like really protected. No one mm -hmm. had kicked out of it at the time. And Adam Knight goes, yeah, so you're going to hit me with the knee and it's going to be so strong that I'm just going to fly out of the ring. I don't want to kick out of it. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't think you understand how this works. You're like three times my size and the champion. You should be kicking out of my knee. And he goes, nope, not doing it. <laughs> Looks too good. Not kicking out of it. I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. Uh, yeah. Got cool. a really good match. Hit, hit the knee. He goes flying out. Get him back in. Let's set up for another one. He smacks me down with some shit. 
hit me with a beautiful Falariot folded inside out for him. Hits me with his uh, power bomb. And most guys, he was just finishing with the clothesline at the time, but he let me kick out of the uh, he let me kick out of the Lariat. So I was like, "Fuck, he's really giving me a lot here." Mm-hmm. Like, but like not not like too much where it's like doesn't work because I feel like a lot of people uh, kind of miss out on psychology of a smaller guy and a bigger guy working sometimes they try to make it like really competitive but that just doesn't work Mm -hmm. that kind of buries both guys it buries the big guy because like you know if you see adam knight and i in a bar fight you're gonna pull out your camera and you're gonna be like well this fucking little shit's about to get destroyed because adam looks like he'll just fucking eat me (laughs) um and then if i'm right and then they'll right so if he's struggling to beat me, he looks like shit. And if I'm competitive with him and I'm getting like 40, 50% of the offense, they're like, Oh, this is bullshit. The other guy clearly sucks. I don't really care about him. Like there's no sympathy or heat on me or anything. So just, no one cares. No one cares. Mm-hmm. No one cares if it's booked that way. I, I don't look like the Terminator. I don't look like a fucking destroyer of worlds. I just look like, I mean, there was some bumbling idiot and meh. <laughs> so we had that really good match and then uh i had mentioned that scorpio was one of my favorites Mm -hmm. i got to work scorpio at pcw oh nice i don't know if you saw i'm assuming you didn't see that (laughs) which i might have but some of those shows they blend together because they're so staggered He, he he was with the gentleman's club i didn't see that one then okay yeah there was like a short stint when he was in the the uh the gentleman's club so uh, Andrew had worked off the fact that I was a fan of his growing up. Um, and, you know, I'd cut this promo about it and how I was upset with like him not being the guy I grew up looking up that uh, up to. And he kind of like grabs the mic and he lowers it and he's like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And then he murders me and he power bombs me through a table. <laughs> and then, um, and then like we later did like this uh, eight man tag. I had like a neck brace on to really sell it and then we had that match and that set up for the next uh show where i worked him uh one-on-one and we got to do a lot of really cool stuff um i i had also pitched to him like the same thing with adam like yeah like no one's gonna believe i am gonna beat you but like i like again no one's kicked out of my knee you want to you want to kick out of it and scorp was like yeah sure so like I hit him with this thing and this was probably 2018, 2019. So I've been using this thing for about three, four years with no one kicking out of it. And the moment I hit it, I see a bunch of people grab their head and rise to their feet. Like no fucking way. Um, and then he kicks out like, like a cunt hair before three and people like fly back in their seats. Like those fuckers. <laughs> and then uh, the finish which really shows how amazing and safe uh, Scorp is. So I go for my running knee again, but this time I've got the, the knee pad down, right? And he catches me in a fireman's carry. And then he transitions me from the fireman's carry down into the tombstone. At the time, we had just gotten new padding. And it was like three inches thick of like memory foam. Mm-hmm. that wasn't taped together so like it was compromising your footwork and everything a combination of like the way my weight was shifted 
and him hitting like a hole or something it like a, like a gape in the, the padding he had lost his footing so he's stuck so he's got to like like decide how we're going to do this so he goes mm-hmm. he like hooks under my shoulder to make sure i'm going to be fine and he drops me with a tombstone somehow the bottom rope ends up going between my head and his thighs and he basically tombstones me from the inside of the ring onto the apron Ooh. and it looks like i died mm-hmm. and people are like what the fuck and then he grabs me he ddts me he like kind of grinds my neck a bit picks me up for another tombstone with like this cocky smile drops me on my head again pins me and like i don't move for like 10 minutes because i was like yeah it looks like i died i shouldn't Mm -hmm. be going anywhere you know i i've gone to quite a few pcw shows but i like i don't know if i'm just drawing a blank now but i can't remember scorpio and gentleman's club and it's just like fuck was i there but i mean he was in the gentleman's club for like maybe a few months this was when i think aj was the champion because scorp like kept failing to win the title so he joined the gentleman's club to like get the title but then i think he turned on them before he even won the title back anyway okay so a few more things then we'll wrap it up but i did want i mean you've already called out jay walker for your uh canadian championship title shot absolutely undefeated against the guy who else would you like to share the ring with that you haven't had the chance to yet is there any uh, any names that you you want to share it with or like that are on sort of your bucket list or are you just going to take in as much as you can uh even though i've worked him before i want another match with billy blaze uh he's he's really good yeah i i, I haven't worked with the hoss in a while so him mm-hmm. i also like to work out at night again i haven't worked him in god knows how long Okay. So get me in with some good meaty Haas boys. Sean Moore, he's another guy I'd like to share the ring with. Mm-hmm. He's very talented as well. Mm-hmm. We also have the same finish. <laughs> <laughs> so we can, we can work off that. Oh, for sure. Um, Mitch Clark. Okay. He, I, I, I love Mitch Clark. I got to be on a tour with him. I didn't get to work him. But uh, we we did roll around, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, he tapped me out a shit ton of times. But I mean, <laughs> uh, pro wrestling is different. I'll get him with the knee, brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, let's see, um, heavy metal. Okay. Out out in Alberta, uh, he actually taught me how to bump. Oh really? Back when I had that like uh, trainer of the week thing. Mm-hmm. there was like a group of wrestlers who were like trying to show me how to bump and like they were being like looking back on it now they're kind of being like really awkward about it and metal comes in and he's like this is dumb and he comes in and he looks at me and he goes kid do this and then i did the it was just like a flat back bump and mm-hmm. he's like there you go <laughs> and then like i did it fine and he's like that's why i'm the fucking champion because you see me <laughs> all the time uh Blake Broadway also taught me how to do like uh, the uh, the uh, the Charlie Brown bump where you like kick your feet up. Yeah. Because Stefan Epic was supposed to show me, but he's just like, yeah, do this, and then he leaves. So I'm just bumping in the ring by myself, and Blake Broadway comes over like, are you just fucking around? I'm like, 
no and i explained it to him he's like i feel bad for you kid here probably had a pump so uh if i could replay broadway that'd also be super cool perfect so now i mean oh everyone... and, uh i need my uh i haven't worked one-on-one -on -one with sweet daddy's soul and i think four years so i want that match too i mean at least you're getting names to call out here so i mean i'm there's the open floor for them to respond and let's set this match up i mean let's do what we have to do exactly <laughs> now i mean we all love wrestling but i know that you, you have hobbies besides wrestling and i will not lie when you mentioned it at first i read it as speed walking and i was like okay this is going to be interesting but it's speed <laughs> running so i had to google it at first i was like oh that's pretty okay. fucking cool so okay. Let's hear about speed running. Not it, speed would have been much fun. it would have been much funnier if you came on here and, and you were like, before the show goes, you're like, I'm sorry, man, but we can't talk about speed walking. <laughs> it's way too boring. <laughs> I like, I'm just like, okay, you know, speed walking, that's cool. Like whatever he's into. And then it's like, oh, speed running. And then I like, I Googled it just to double check. And it's like, okay, yeah, I've heard of that stuff before. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't Google, we'd probably be having two different conversations. Oh, fuck would we ever. Um, so, yes. So speed running, for anyone who doesn't know, essentially, um, you take any sort of uh, video game and you just beat it as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And, like, the stuff that people uh, will do is absolutely insane because any percent, which is just beating the game from start to finish without any sort of like prerequisites or whatever, just like from the start of the game to the credits rolling. Uh, all these like different like tricks that they have to do, all the precision uh, glitches too. Like, um, did you ever play Super Mario 64 growing up? Yeah. So you know, you know that like staircase that uh, like goes on forever unless you have all the stars? Okay. So uh, there's like that long jump, right? You can do the long jump and then immediately start moving backwards. And Mario's speed has a cap on it going forwards, but not backwards. So they do this like glitch where they keep doing a backwards long jump. And eventually he just gains so much momentum that he shoots up the stairs and past like the, uh, the barrier. So you don't need any of the stars. You can just zip right up that fucking staircase. I had no idea about that. You can you can beat that whole game without collecting a single star. Really? You can beat that whole game without collecting a single star. Have you've done it yourself? I have not done it myself. No. no? Okay. But like, but I've watched the runs. No. Um. I I'm a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'll speed run uh, those games, and mm -hmm. um, because those games have like individual level counters. Um, we do any percent, uh, hundred percent. It's like collecting everything. And then we'll also just do individual, uh, level runs or okay. just ILs. So I have a few, uh, world records for, uh, boss fight ILs in, uh, Sonic games, like Sonic Unleashed's, uh, perfect dark guy, fight, Sonic generations, time year, uh, boss fight, a few others like that. Uh, I haven't done, uh, any percent yet for uh for the games uh because like it's it's really precise for a lot of stuff and the entire run for sonic unleashed which is my favorite is like two and a half ish hours on mm -hmm. average to do like an 80 percent run of it 
and the the tricks for that are really uh precise there's like there's like one where so one of the mechanics is like something called the boost you hold on a button and then like he he'll like start running uh super fast with like this r around him to like smash through stuff uh if you have the analog stick moved ever so slightly so he starts doing like the slowest walk in the world and then do a combination of like that jump stomp slides and drifts or whatever in like a certain motion uh his speed will get about three times as fast because he doesn't have a speed cap in the air just on the ground but like you have to keep that analog stick in that position the whole time and if you have mm -hmm. to like change direction you have to like move into that direction with the analog stick being like the same distance out otherwise you like start dropping speed so you have to like keep that up for half the game because in the other half of the game is like a beat em up where you do a combo and then cancel it with a shield to like clip through walls just to skip these levels so there's a lot of shit that goes on and then you have mm -hmm. to like know different placements and if you fuck up something you gotta know how to recover and it's a lot of fun and you do like a lot of really crazy shit where you break the game and it's hilarious like again <laughs> beating super mario 64 without collecting a single star mm -hmm. this i mean for me like there's a few games that i like to play but it for it's like uh, i downloaded tony hawk so i play that on my ps4 you know but it's like there's so much more to gaming that like i'm just out of the loop on i mean it's kind of like wrestling you just take what you like and mm -hmm. you just enjoy it how you want it and i think that's the best way to uh to put it because i mean if you're not a fan of something then why are you going to play it or why are you going to watch it mm -hmm. so now roy where can people find you um, i know you're not too active on social media but maybe uh, I'm, I'm trying to get more active, and, 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 uh... i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying um so uh, I guess on Facebook with my real name, Dylan Giancola, D-Y-L-A-N-G-I-N-C-O-L-A. -A. Um, uh, Instagram, Roy Dragneel 7 And then Twitter, R underscore FM underscore Dragneel, all caps. Perfect. That's not all I got, uh, but I, I got it. <laughs> I gotta try to upload more. I gotta, I gotta try to post stuff. Uh, gonna, gonna call out Jay Walker when this is uploaded. I'm gonna tag, tag him too. I'll be like, asshole, where's my, where's my title match? When I post this on, uh, on Twitter, I'm going to make sure I tag Jay and be like, Jay, you got called out. Let's set this up. I'm, I'm hey, gonna start it just to get you having to put out some videos for it. He, he does a lot of really good stuff. Like fucking. His his like his uh, editing for his promo work is fucking great. He I don't know if you saw, but he did like a he did a promo where he called out uh, Cody when he was doing those uh, TNT uh, weekly shots. Yeah, yeah, like like that. There was a lot of like passion put into this. I was like, yeah, if he's on TNT, like fuck yeah, he deserves it. It's very impressive the stuff he's done. So, but uh, Roy, thank you very much for this. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad to have you on. Make sure that you're watching CWE Adrenaline to see Roy and the rest of the Degenerates kicking ass. The pay-per-view pay on July 17th. I pay-per-view July 17th. Make sure you rent it. I, I think it's, uh, what, 10 dollars 9 dollars yeah, You can't go like wrong for that. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much for joining me.
Thank you. Thank you so much to Roy Dragneel for joining me on today's episode of the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. You can catch him and so many more weekly on CWE Adrenaline. That's on Shaw TV. The episodes are also uploaded onto YouTube. I think it's the next day, so I will always try to retweet them out so you can check them out. Or, you know, just set the PVR if you're in the uh, Winnipeg or Manitoba area. Don't forget, July 17th, CWE has their next iPay-Per-View. I think it's going to be 10 bucks. I think that's what he was uh, saying. So definitely check it out. Give it a watch. I honestly had a blast talking to Roy. So once again, thank you to him. Thank you to listen. Thank you for listening and checking out the Grain Maker Wrestling Podcast. We're up on uh, Apple Podcasts, Grain Maker Wrestling Podcast. So please throw up a review if you listened, a rating, you know, subscribe to it. It, it, it helps with the algorithms or whatever. I, I don't know. You know, it's just, I appreciate it. Up on the Twitters, at GrainMakerPod. Hit me up on there. Let me know who you want me to talk to, who you'd like to see as a guest on the show, or, you know, if you just want to talk wrestling. GrainMakerPodcast at gmail.com. You can hit me up through there as well. Any questions, comments, concerns, all that fun stuff. So once again, thank you very much for checking it out and have a good one.